You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, or service times, or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to be with you this morning. Tom, when he was speaking last week, touched on something that had been really heavy on my heart and my plan was to speak on this week and I was worried at one point he was going to steal my message but in fact it was a great lead-in to what I actually want to bring to you this morning. So thank you Tom and thank you Lord. So please turn with me in the scripture I want to bring to you today and it's Matthew 28, the last five verses of the whole of Matthew. So starting at 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. Hallelujah. But, you know, this uh, scripture is known, of course, as the Great Commission. And we all know something about it. But I was thinking about it. And what does it actually mean for us? What does it mean for me at the start of 2021 when we're in the middle of a global pandemic? And especially now as we enter lockdown again and all that that entails for us. Well, Great Commission, I have to tell you, I don't think God has changed his mind. I still believe that there's a Great Commission and it's as much for us today as it was when the disciples stood on that mountain and heard Jesus promote them to being the ones who would take his words into the whole world and change the world for good. The disciples went to that mountain for a meeting with Jesus. They were following his instructions They had an appointment to keep with him. Well, praise God, he still wants to have meetings with ordinary men and women. He still meets with me and I know he still meets with you. And his purpose is always the same, the Great Commission. The Great Commission has sent men and women across the globe. But I think more importantly, it sent men and women to their own neighbours and friends across the ages. It's a message of hope for every human being on the planet, for God's purpose is always that no one should perish, but all should have eternal life. And he supplied the only one who could make that a possibility when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die in our place and take all the sin, all the blame, all the guilt, all the wrongdoing we've ever done and have Jesus be the ultimate sacrifice to free us. Do you ever stop and just wonder at why God would do that? Yes, we we know the answer. There's only one ever purpose. It was sheer outrageous love. But it is just too amazing to understand. For God to do this for us, and you know it's totally unique in any religion, which just goes to prove he is not a religion, he's a way of life. And that way of life for all men and women 
and it's still the Great Commission for us to bring them the good news. We can't tell everyone, but we can tell those we come in contact with, and we can tell our friends and our family. You know the story of the child on the beach seeing stranded starfish and throwing them back one at a time into the ocean? You're wasting your time, said the passerby. You can't make a difference. There are too many. The child picking up another and throwing it says it's making a difference to this one. Well, I don't know if that actually happened, but it tells the heart of the matter so wonderfully anyway. I can't think of a situation where it would happen in the world, but the thought that someone would be willing to die for us out of love is amazing. But in this instance, would be worth nothing unless it was God, because only God could rise again from the dead. You know, Matthew has gone through the whole of his gospel heralding Jesus as king, and Jesus undeniably shows his ultimate deity by rising from the dead. Why can I say that unreservedly? Well, there's five quick reasons to list. The resurrection of Jesus is the heart of the good news. The gospel is nothing without the resurrection. On this fact hangs the truth of the kingdom and supreme evidence for God's existence. Without the resurrection, there is no good news. Secondly, the resurrection of Jesus is proof of his sonship. He is the son of God. Both resurrection appearances that Matthew records lead to worship, to Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, and then to his disciples. They all worshipped because they were recognising that he was indeed the Son of God. Third reason is the resurrection of Jesus is the springboard to mission. Without the resurrection, there's nothing for the disciples to proclaim, but because of it, they can't be silent. Fourthly, because of the res resurrection of Jesus, there's his power and presence available. He proclaims he has all authority and he will be with them. His presence will always be with them. Tom was so right when he emphasised the need for his presence last week. It's the most important factor in our lives to have and know the presence of Jesus with us. And finally, number five, the resurrection of Jesus is the key to eternal life and new community. You know, it, it's really important to hold together both the evidence of the resurrection and the implications and results that follow it. And it's what Matthew is doing in this last chapter of his gospel. So I want us to just spend a little time this morning unpacking that a little further. And I want to do it under three headings. The Great Commission reveals a saviour with all power is number one. Number two, the Great Commission reveals a saviour for all people. And number three, the Great Commission reveals a saviour for all time. Hallelujah. So first of all, a saviour with all power. This is no more than the humble peasant from Galilee being seen, but this is the mighty son of God. In his death and resurrection, he's conquered Satan, sin and death forever. God has given all authority into Jesus' hands. Do you remember back in Matthew chapter 4, Verse 8, Satan took Jesus to a mountain and he offered him all the kingdoms of the world if he would just bow down and worship him. But now we see on this Galilean mountain, 
we see Jesus proclaiming that the authority is now his and Satan has been defeated once and for all. There is no way back for Satan now. That should raise a hallelujah. I love the thought that authority actually means the right to use power. Jesus has the right to use his power. That has great implications for us too. Tom spoke last week a little about the Great Commission and he encouraged us to remember that Satan will always want us to be fearful of sharing our faith because he's fearful of the consequences of us doing that. He knows his days are numbered. He cannot win because he sees the one with all the authority winning the entire war. But he still likes little battles and we're really aware of that. However, we need to remind ourselves often that no matter where he leads us, no matter the circumstances we're in, he is with us, working the best outcome for us. By his death and resurrection, Jesus won for himself all authority. The devil can make plenty of noise, but remember, people of God, he has no authority. You know, Christianity is a missionary faith. The very nature of God demands this for God is love and does not want anyone to perish. Let me remind you of Peter's words in 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He is so for us. He is so for people. He's so for bonus. We say, why not bonus? And he'll say, why not? Let's do it. The gospel, the good news, has both earthly and heavenly dimensions. The good news is to be shared with earthly people facing earthly problems, having earthly diseases and earthly sorrows. But everything has heavenly consequences because now sins can be forgiven and we can know for sure we will go to heaven when we die, not because of anything we ever could do, but because of Jesus and what he's done for every one of us. He is always the same. He is Lord over everything. People today don't just need a vaccine to curb the virus and prevent physical deaths. They need to find the saviour and prevent eternal deaths. We've got a huge part to play in ensuring we are sharing that good news. No wonder Paul says in Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first the Jew and then for the Gentile. I don't know about you, but I find that just mind-blowing. I find it mind-blowing because this is God, the all-powerful, all-encompassing, God, the creator of the universe. And he's thinking about humans, thinking of me and bringing his own son to pay the price so I can go free. How can I help but love him when I see all that he's done for me? Be ashamed of him? Never. Our Lord's death on the cross and resurrection is for the whole world. It stands to reason that if we belong to him and he's making us more like himself, we share his nature and we will want to share his good news to the lost world. 
Do you know, it's really vital that we all play our part in the Great Commission, not just the evangelists, the people that just quite naturally do it, thinking of Eddie and how just it comes so naturally to him, but it's for all of us to do that in our own way because he needs us to. How else will anyone hear? Remember, he went to the ends of the earth for them as well as for us. When we read the book of Acts, we see the early church operating on the basis of the Lord's sovereign authority. They depended on his power and guidance. They did not face a lost world in their own authority, but in the authority of Jesus Christ. And we can do exactly the same. We have a mighty saviour who has all authority in heaven and on earth for all time. And it doesn't matter what the enemy is whispering in your ear. This is the truth. And we need to pay attention to what God's saying, not to anyone else. So let's rise, people of God. Let's do it for God. Secondly, the Great Commission reveals a saviour for all people. Have you ever stopped to think about the immense task this was for those early disciples? There's no transport available to get them around the country, never mind the world. The only transport we hear mentioned in scripture at all are donkeys, horses, camels and ships. There's nothing else. They didn't have any access to communication means that we have today. But they did as they'd been commanded. And thank God, or we wouldn't be here today. It's very interesting, you know, that the Greek verb translated go is actually not a command, but it's a present participle, if you remember your English lessons from school. So actually really translates going. Jesus actually said, while you're going, make disciples. He knew they would go. They would carry on his work. They would do what he was asking of them because they really believed him. And he's encouraging them that no matter where, where they are, they can do it for God. No matter where we are, we're witnesses for Jesus always. We should always be seeking to win others for Christ. He died for everyone, so no one's exempt, no matter their background or sin. All can be saved, and all people need to be saved. There's no other way for them to be freed from their sin problem, and there's no other way for them to gain eternal life. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Everyone needs to hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Romans 6 and 23 for the wages of sin is death. But, but, don't you love the buts in scripture? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Take note that this verse applies to the present as much as to the future. Death reigns now in the lives of those who don't know the Lord. But we who know him live now in the eternal life he's given us. Hallelujah, we're not waiting for eternal life, we're living it. So what is it that we have to do according to the Great Commission? Well, I have to say to you that in the past, I've tended to focus on the go, if truth be told. But if it means as I'm going, what have I to do? I'm to make disciples. Oh my goodness, that's really scary. That sounds an awesome task. 
Well, the term disciple is the most popular name for the early believers. But being a disciple means more than being a convert, and it certainly more, means more than being a church member. Maybe apprentice would be a better under, would give us a better understanding of what was really meant here. This was someone who would attach to a teacher, identify with him, try to emulate all he did. So not just listening, but doing as well. And I suppose very similar to the modern day apprentice. And some of you have been apprentices in the past, maybe quite a while ago, and you've had apprentices. And you don't understand what it actually means to have someone with you all the time and, and trying to do as you're doing. Jesus, while on earth, called 12 men to be his disciples and he taught them so they were equipped to teach others. A disciple is one who has believed on Jesus and expressed his faith through baptism, which you'll remember is another part of the Great Commission, make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. You know, baptism is just an outward show of what has happened on the inside, but it is a direct command from Jesus. Look at scripture and, and those who are being converted. So if you look at those being converted on Pentecost, you can read in, in Acts 2 and 41, they were straight away baptised, as was the influential Ethiopian in Acts 8, 36 to 38. Educated and religious Paul was baptised, Acts 9 and 18. And moral and merciful Cornelius, he was baptised, Acts 10 to 48. It's a big part of discipleship within the Great Commission. And if you've never been baptised, you should think very seriously about it. I'm not saying that you aren't saved if you've not been baptised, but go before God and talk to him about it. Because those of us who have been baptised will tell you it's an amazing experience to know that your sins are completely covered and that you're rising again in newness of life. And it's such a witness to other people. And the last part of this Great Commission is the, uh, uh, what we need to do um, is to teach your disciples. For these disciples are apprentices who have obeyed the word and been baptised. They were to be taught the truths of the faith and then they would go out and win others and teach them. This was the pattern of the New Testament churches. Remember Paul speaking to the young Timothy says in, in verse 2 of Second uh, Timothy 2, and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will be qualified to teach others. I find it a really sad thing that many churches now rely completely on a paid leader who does all the teaching and discipling. Thank God we don't go down that route. We will always want to see Riverview people know and understand scripture so that they're able to care for other believers. It's everyone's responsibility, according to the Great Commission. We're all called to be going and doing. Jesus had opened the minds of his disciples to understand the scriptures. In Luke 24, 44 and 45, they knew he wanted them to teach their own converts. It isn't enough to win people for the Saviour. We must also teach them the word of God so that they can win people and disciple them. Jesus is not only in the midst when his people gather. He's also with his people as they scatter into the world to witness. Didn't Tom bring this out last week when he considered how many hours are spent in church in, in, in a normal situation as compared to with how many hours in the rest of the week? 
you do realise, don't you, that if Jesus had remained on earth, this would never have happened. It wouldn't be able to happen. But it is happening because he returned to Father and he is with us always. And there are more possibilities now than ever before. Yes, at the moment, we're limited about where we can go in lockdown. It's not giving us the scope to work, wander, meet people, share physically. But we have amazing technology at our fingertips, which has never been available to us before. I appreciate it's more of a challenge for some than others. I would be one of them. But we're still able to share his word and to witness to his goodness. We're still able to show by our lives what he is to us. We're still able to reach into our community to show his love by being who he has made us, caring and compassionate people. My mum died when I was 17, but I still remember a little ditty that she used to recite. And I'm sure I've shared it before, so forgive me. But I just thought it was so relevant for today. I'm writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by deeds that I do and words that I say. Men read what is written, whether faithless or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? People of God, he is still with us. He is still using us and he is still in control of our destinies. He said, Matthew 28 and 20, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's his promise and he keeps his promises always. So finally, the Great Commission reveals a saviour for all time. I've just quoted it. His promise is to be with us to the very end of the age. Dr G Campbell Morgan told about an experience in his life that involved this statement. As a young Christian, he used to visit a number of people in their homes to read the Bible with them. On one occasion when he read the scripture, he finished by saying, isn't that a wonderful promise? One lady quickly replied, young man, that's not a promise, that's a fact. There's no conditions for us to meet or even believe. Jesus is with us always because he said he would be and it depends on him, not on me. Paul discovered this was true when he was seeking to establish a church in the difficult city of Corinth. Obeying this commission, Paul came to the city, won people for Christ, baptised them and taught them the word. Read it for yourself later in Acts 18. When the going was tough, Paul had a special visit from the Lord who said to him, don't be afraid for I'm with you. It's there in the same chapter, verse 10. The phrase, the very end of the age, indicates the Lord has a plan. He is, after all, the Lord of history. And as Christians and churches follow his, his leading and obey his commission, even in this black time in our history, they fulfil his purposes for the world. It will all come to a climax one day when Jesus returns. But as Tom said last week, we don't need to fuss about knowing an exact date. Rather, we need to be doing what he's told us to do and getting out there to this needy world with this message of hope, which is still as relevant today as it was when Jesus stood physically on that Galilean mountain, giving his commission to those first disciples and to us in the future. You know, Jesus is sufficient for all problems in all ages. And that definitely includes COVID-19. 
we can be confident that he is with us even to the very end of the age. I am praying he finds me and all of us being faithful and obeying his great commission, going and making disciples, baptising, I know that's a bit harder at the moment, and teaching them to obey everything he commanded. May God richly bless you as you find ways to fulfil his command at this time. Amen.